0: Hey and welcome. Hello. Do I hate your music? Alexa, start stopwatch. Ah, uh, never mind. Is this is to see how long we're going tonight. Yeah. I was-
1: if that would work. It didn't work. Alexa's a real motherfucker. I just got an Amazon Echo. And sometimes it's great and sometimes it's really frustrating.
0: Yeah, sometimes it's frustrating. You'd think if I said for it, I almost said its name, to start a, a stopwatch. That would be something it could do. But
1: Sometimes you, I say volume up or turn the volume all the way up and it says to me... You have to go between one and ten. It's like, figure it out, Alexa.
0: Yeah. Uh, oh,
1: fuck. You can't even say her name.
0: She got mad. Uh, Google's good with that. I think Google. Maybe we'll get some free Google stuff. Sorry. I'm not
2: sure about
0: that. Oof. Alexa, Annoying. you asshole. Um, yeah, this is. I, I hate, hate your music. music. Episode three?
1: Episode three. After. Ooh. In the tradition of most podcasts, we recorded two episodes in a month and then took a month and a, a half break.
0: Off. Yeah, and and just so we can like like have a steady release of episodes, I, I we have not released any of the episodes yet. So if you if you're listening, that means we've started to release the episodes, and all the episodes that you've heard have been recorded before this.
1: Right over a.
2: Yeah, over like probably two months. Tons of yeah, references two months. to
1: yeah. Mueller.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. We were wondering what were in those, the um the report, the Mueller report. and uh, Mueller. Yeah, that's what I say, Mueller. I, Mueller.
1: It's not Mueller? I don't know. It's,
0: I don't know. It sounds like Ferris Bueller. Right. I think Mueller. But uh, that's just how I read it in my head. Uh. It's a funny thing about language. We, we can all, you know, do what, do with it as we may, you know. Uh, it's uh, it's not true. It's, right? it's pronounced a specific way. It's, but.
1: Uh, the English language is evolving. If you say something, <laughs> if you pronounce something differently, if enough people pronounce something differently for long enough, then that's just the way it's pronounced.
0: What, what neighborhood are we in right now?
1: Los Feliz.
0: That's how I say it too, Los Feliz.
1: A lot of people say Los Feliz.
0: Los yeah, like like Feliz Navidad. Uh which is like I think, you know, if it's if you're speaking Spanish, I think that's correct, but I think the neighborhood is pronounced Los Feliz. Yeah. So I've heard it's it has it's like a name or something. Definitely.
1: Los Feliz sounds more like gringo talk.
0: Yeah. It sounds like you're really trying.
1: I find the older I get. I grew up in Phoenix, Arizona. A lot of Spanish speakers there. I grew. I live in Los Angeles now. A lot of I, Spanish speakers here.
0: I grew up in uh, Cape Cod. Not a lot of Spanish speakers. No. Um, uh, Spanish teachers.
1: Yeah. Um. I took six years of Spanish. Cannot speak a lick of it.
0: I do. Yeah, I took like uh, four years, I think. Yeah. And I remember uh, my teacher told me that. Uh, if I got a if I got 100%, my grades were so bad, if I got 100% on the final test, I would pass the class. But if I got any less than that, I, I would not pass the class. And it was like a thing where if I wanted to go on, I would have to take the class again. And so I studied my ass off, took the test. Got a hundred percent. Wow! Was very excited, and the first thing my teacher said was like, "So you're gonna retake it so you can go on to Spanish I was like, "No!" <laughs> I like laughed in their face.
1: <laughs> Wait, so but you, I, I thought you didn't have to retake it. I didn't. You got I right? had
0: to retake it to like go on to the next level of Spanish. Oh. But I uh, got the pass as far as my grades in whole oh, nice. were concerned, and I was like, "No, I'm not gonna." retake this class just to go on and do more classes that i will barely pass
1: i i i don't know if i should share this but i had a very weird experience with a spanish teacher in college where she was younger a younger kind of hot spanish (laughs) teacher and in uh, college in college high school in college right and uh I guess it's not that bad, but I tried to
0: This is getting sexy.
1: I tried to well it was it was very embarrassing for me. Uh, class showed up late. So, class got canceled, but she was there for whatever reason. And so I asked her out in the doorway with my arm propped up against the door <laughs> like this, looking all cool, and she um very quickly rebuffed me. And it wasn't, I mean, it's not a great story, but I do. Was
0: it you or was it the fact that you were a student?
1: I guarantee it was both. (laughs) Um,
0: There wasn't part of her who like considered, it was like, we shouldn't. Forbidden fruit. No. I can't. No,
1: I was, I mean, I'm still pretty small, but I was very scrawny. Probably just reeked of weed. Um, (laughs) I had really long hair, like shoulder length hair. I mean, I looked like a child.
0: Did you ask her out in English or Spanish?
1: I I think I was just like, oh, classes class is canceled. you want to, like, go to Barney's Boathouse? Which was... <laughs> the
0: most romantic place on campus?
1: Right, yeah. Which was, I had a fake ID. It was Barney's Boathouse. <laughs>
0: um... Hey, you want to go to Barney's Boathouse? I have a fake ID. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> uh, was, like... Arizona State University, big party school. ASU. It Crazy. Uh... I've been there. Oh yeah? Did you do shows there?
0: Uh, no. No. Uh, I think they did a screening of Miss March there. Ah. Uh, for some like we were on tour and for some reason we were parked there for a day, but I don't think we did a show there.
1: Great school to perform comedy at. If you if any comedians out there are listening, perform at Arizona State cuz they're a bunch of I fucking think it was ASU. idiots. And they'll eat up everything. I believe it.
0: What was the other one? ASU U of A and U of A. Uh, was there? There's like a hill by the by the campus, like that everyone hikes on.
1: Yeah, a yeah. mountain.
0: Yeah, yeah. Did so you, yeah. Did you hike
1: up a mountain?
0: Yeah, I hiked up a mountain, and I went to like a, I think it was a sushi place, but that was like a, a Hooters version of a sushi place. Mm. It was like a, a like it was funny to me that it was like their business plan was like, hey, let's just do. Hooters with a different type of food.
1: Naked fish. Yes. That's not it. I don't know.
0: I probably Stinky. It sounds it was something like that.
1: We had bikini bean, but I think bikini beans everywhere.
0: Uh What it, it was like. It wasn't like a uh like, oh, this is the only one. It was definitely a chain.
1: Huh. Uh, What's the grossest name for a sushi place for people women?
0: Uh with what, uh, I would say, I was gonna say cockmongers, mm hmm. Um, but that would be for like scantily clad dudes,
1: cuttlefish, but with a D's instead of T's.
0: Oh, yeah, um, uh wet vaginas wet
1: vaginas. Mm. Well, this is the podcast where <laughs>
0: what like well, yeah, that's a horrible way to start out the podcast. It's I know. Like, we'll cut. What's the grossest version of a gross something that's already gross? Morning
1: Zoo. Um, um there's a lot of there. the uh what are they called? Restaurants are dying. Oh, they call them restaurants? Yeah. Tilted Kelt, Hooters, Twin Peaks. Bikini Bean,
0: Chungies. I've only I've only heard of Hooters on that list.
1: Uh, Tilted Kilt. Oh, Tilted Kilt. Is Chungies real? No. Oh, Oh, Tilted Kilt is Irish food with women in like short kilts and stuff, and it's really pretty gross. Like, there's nothing. I I I don't think there's any food uh, less sexy than like corned beef and cabbage.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's funny, like, yeah, those those restaurant owners must be like, oh, this freaking Me Too movement, but it's, no, it's just like a bad business idea.
1: It's a, I mean, I think the big thing is that, like, millennials just in general don't, like, I Are, always felt weird going to Hooters and stuff. Like, it yeah. is kind of...
0: We've gotten more respectful. Right. <laughs>
1: like, And not at, yeah.
0: Society. We still have a long way to go, but...
1: Well, and the food is like... You know, I, I think Hooters is revamping where they're not even doing the restaurant thing anymore. But, no, they're it's...
0: doing like a Buffalo Wild Wings.
1: Yeah, they're trying to like be more like I think the ladies. That was
0: always the thing was everyone's like, "Well, I go there for the wings." The
1: wings are pretty good.
0: Yeah, it's a funny place. It's I like funny restaurants.
1: Yeah, well, like Islands.
0: Just yeah, I go to Islands all the time. I love Islands. Yeah, I yeah Islands is freaking great. And not that the food's great, it's just, like, this cool vibe. Like, I love this cool vibe that they got.
1: I used to like getting drunk at places where you're not supposed to get drunk.
0: Yeah, I stopped drinking. Uh, We both don't drink. Right. Uh, So, yeah, if you're big into drinking, maybe this isn't the podcast for you. Uh
1: (laughs) We should start. There's a lot of AA podcasts. Oh, really? Oh, yeah.
0: Huh. Uh... We should be the one that crosses over, that people mm-hmm. who do drink like to listen to. Right. And then we do the most good. Yeah. Um What what I was going to say was uh uh I I stopped drinking a couple years ago and like right after I stopped drinking, they opened up a bar inside the Gelsons near me. Gelsons is a grocery store. Uh and I thought it was the funniest thing and apparently people go there like like people go there to drink and it's like a gro. it's like a brightly lit grocery store and i always wanted to have my birthday there i'm still like kind of tempted to have my birthday there even though i i don't drink
1: we 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 used to do 21st birthday parties at like the ramada inn bar next to arizona state
0: Oh, hotel bars are amazing to drink at instead or of like hang out at in general.
1: Yeah, um, when we were doing comedy at ASU, we Chipotle was our sponsor, and they'd give us like a hundred dollars uh, gift gift certificate or whatever for what any shows we did with them where they were the sponsor, and we would just go to because Chipotle sells Coronas. <laughs> So we just take that $100 and walk over to the Chipotle and get drunk as shit in the middle of a Chipotle for like three hours.
0: Here's a little tip. If you're, if you're in New York City, I don't know if they still do this, but they used to serve beer on the Staten Island Ferry. Now, it doesn't like, uh, I think it either costs like a subway fare. I think it costs a subway fare to get on the Staten Island Ferry. It doesn't cost much. So, uh a cheap romantic date. Take the Staten Island ferry back. course and just drink beers from the from the snack bar.
1: Oh yeah. Well, why don't we tell the folks at home what this podcast yeah, is all yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, this
0: podcast is this podcast about college?
1: No, nah, I wish it was. We we should have a podcast where we just swap store try and one-up stories about how cool we were in college yeah
0: i think we just came up with a better podcast than the one we're i i think now so now doing this is
1: super interesting for everyone yeah. two white men talking about music music
0: like. it's called i hate your music right because it's uh we're, we're two two guys and we're 10 years apart in age and uh, i'm like michael tells me about these bands and i'm like what is that
1: what and what is, Sam tells tell me what about is, bands and I'm like, Taylor uh, Swift. you mean like my dad's music?
0: Yeah, yeah, because for some reason, 10 years has made me listen to music that's like 30 years older than me.
1: Well, I, I think you grew up in a time, your, your peak, not your peak, I mean you have peaked, but <laughs> you're... In
0: so many ways.
1: Your like formative years was a lot of shitty music came out. I feel like your formative years were like the new metal scene. I mean, well,
0: my form, I started getting into music when like, like one of the first CDs I got was like Siamese Dream and Nirvana. What what was was the
1: first CD you ever listened to?
0: Well, the first CD I ever bought was a Kid and Play CD. But that was just because my mom was like, you get to buy a CD, too. And I didn't really know music. Well, but the first CD like I wanted and I asked for for Christmas was Siamese Dream.
1: By Smashing Pumpkins.
0: Smashing Pumpkins, yeah.
1: And this is, we're going to br- spend too much time, but no one's listening to this. No, it doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, it's not even out yet.
1: It is not even out yet. Uh, I, I recently had this thought. So Siamese Dream, do you still listen to Smashing Pumpkins? Do you still like Siamese Dream?
0: Uh, I still like Siamese Dream. I will go back and listen to Smashing Pumpkins. Uh, I recently talked to someone about doing a Smashing Pumpkins cover band, and we floated that idea around a little. So I, I went back and, you know, kind of did some more. But yeah, off and on, some of the stuff is kind of ugh. But are, Siamese Dream, I, I still like.
1: Are there any bands that. Because I recently. The first CD I ever bought. Like, the first CD I ever bought was Millennium of Backstreet Boys which I think is still a pretty solid pop album. Um but the first album I ever like put money down with my own money and like burned the fucking thing and was um Newfound Glory's self-titled album. And uh. I recently I was like having a conversation with someone about Newfound Glory and recently went back and this is like my favorite band and tried to listen to like a lot of their music and I just can't get into it, and there's a lot of bands that used to be Mars Volta's another one. Mars Volta used to be my favorite band, and I just can't get into it. Are there any bands that used to be your favorite that you yeah. just can't listen to anymore?
0: Well, I used to listen to um I used to listen to i around that period like smashing Mos was was like the first band that I was like really into, and pretty soon after there was like Nirvana. Soundgarden, but in that period, seventh and eighth grade, I would say my favorite favorite band was Nine Inch Nails. Mm. Uh, so much so that in seventh grade, when I had a poetry class, I was listening to Downward Spiral a bunch, and I was like, write poems, write poems. And so I started to use like very similar like imagery that like Trent Reznor uses in in those those songs like a lot of like i pull the stitches from the scar or like that kind of right. stuff and wrote this poem in which i saw the poem as being uh, a poem about listening to music and uh i remember it it uh ended with this line uh and the spiral comes to an end and i sit alone without a friend oh gross and I remember my class being, like, because it's all, like, I'm talking about, like, scabs and scars and blood and, like, using, like, this kind of, kind of like, gore poetry. And I get to this line of, like, oh, so I remember my class just, like, looking at me shocked. And then the funny thing is, is that at the end of the year, my my seventh grade English teacher gave me a... Sorry. Uh, I can't put my phone I'm going to put my phone. Uh, I can't. Can I put my phone on there? Uh gave me an award for uh saddest poem for for my poetry and then later that year my mom had me go to therapy and I was like, "Why am I going to therapy?" And then like we built up to like the fourth Session of therapy, and my my uh, my therapist was like, "Here's this poem I want to ask you about," and I was like, "Oh, I think this was a big reason and why I'm in therapy right now."
1: I um, but
0: I, also I needed therapy.
1: Oh yeah, that's good. <laughs> I I made a joke about killing myself in the seventh grade, and it was did not get over well received. It wasn't so much a joke. I had, I hadn't refined my comedic voice yet. I just. <laughs> I turned to some girl in my Spanish class, and I said, "Would you miss me if I jumped in front of a bus?" To me, I thought it was some.
0: That's a good line. Did you use that with your Spanish teacher? I did. I did.
1: That's. It's mostly how I meet women now. It's just threatened suicide, (laughs) which some people call toxic masculinity. But uh, you know, I think it's just. You know. It's how you win a fight. It's how you test someone. (laughs) Test test someone's love. Um, but yeah. And then I lied to the this was great. So I got sent to the principal's office and they're like, You thinking about killing yourself? And I was like, No. <laughs> they're like, Why would you say that? Like she's really concerned about you. And I was like, I'm auditioning for a play. <laughs> <laughs> where a character kills themselves. It's called The View from the Attic and it worked.
2: <laughs>
1: is wait, the
0: view from the isn't is that something?
1: I don't think it is. It might it be, sounds it, like something. It might be something. It may be something that's not about
0: How did they so, not go like, oh, where are you doing this play? They just didn't Oh want I
1: to I had I had thing I was like I'd be like Stray Cat Theater in Mesa, Arizona.
0: Okay. I guess they didn't have Google back
1: then? Nah, this was like two thousand and
0: three. I mean, you still got Alta Vista.
1: The View from the Attic is a book that came out in twenty eighteen,
0: so Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that your principal right yeah,
1: right yeah <laughs> about I I I always got in a lot of trouble for my dark sense of humor as a kid I laughed my, <laughs> I made some t-
0: twisted
1: I yeah I made some joke about my cousin's parents getting divorced and got in big trouble about it so I have to pee again too um, I'm drinking so much Gatorade all so. right well
0: I'll tell another story uh so uh and I'll say it kind of loudly so you can hear me from the um actually uh, I'll just uh, kinda sit here. I'll wait till he gets back to tell this story. You know what that's the thing with this podcast some some parts aren't great, some parts are just me talking uh with Michael out of the room um so yeah, uh. Nine Inch Nails, I actually, I saw Nine Inch Nails in concert, was like the, one of the first real concerts I went to, uh, I'll say real concerts, because the first concert I went to was uh, in the third grade, I think, uh, no, not in third grade, I think in fifth grade, a friend of mine was like, I'm going to go see Chris Cross, you want to, like, I wanted to, like, stay over at my friend's house, and he's like, you can stay over, but I'm going to go see crisscross. Cross. You want to come, and I was like, "Sure, and I didn't listen to criss cross at all, and
1: uh, you were more kid and play
0: it was, yeah, I was more of a kid and play fan uh, and it was a weird concert, uh but then later I went to uh see nine inch Nails open up for David Bowie and left during David Bowie, yeah, so he wants to see did David you ever
1: cross. did you ever redeem yourself? Did you ever see David Bowie before he died?
0: uh no, I already saw him. <laughs> <laughs> Why would I have to? Uh, But what what I was going to say was the thing that, like, the embarrassing period of my uh, music fandom, and I guess this is what you're referring to when you're saying, like, uh, new metal was big, was uh, I got into, uh, well, first I got into techno when that was starting to get big, Chemical Brothers, uh, Prodigy, uh, yeah, all that stuff, Uh, and I, I saw it went to some, techno concerts, and electronic concerts. Chemical Brothers are
1: still great. They just came out with a new album.
0: Yeah. That's actually, I played Chemical Brothers at the top of this podcast, and when we do our Listen to a New Song segment,
2: let's listen to the
0: new Chemical Brothers. Yeah. Um, But the other music I listened to was, I got really into Ska for like two years. year and a half, two years. I went to a lot of Ska concerts. I've seen a lot of Ska bands live. I listened to Ska Core, which is like a hardcore version of Ska
1: uh i think ska's coming back around though people people
0: even even when people are listening to it i still roll my eyes and go you're listening to less than jake okay
1: sure but there's like i feel like less than jake's like what second wave ska punk third wave third wave yeah
0: i mean third wave ska
1: third wave ska yeah there's like
0: that that was the ska in the 90s yeah uh we talked about this a little bit. Yeah. Was that that there was like 60s ska, 80s this 80s ska revival with bands like The Specials and like that whole like British ska The movement. Jam. Uh yeah, yeah. Kind of kind of the Jam, They're a little bit more punk, but yeah. Uh and then uh in the the 90s you had bands like The Mighty Mighty Bosstones and Real Big Fish. Uh who I saw live, who was actually my first like club show I ever saw was Real Big Fish. Uh, which was fun. Uh at the time. But yeah, that's embarrassing music that I listened to. Cool. Um Should cool. we dive let's, into Let's this? dive into the albums. Okay. so what we do is we uh every every session we suggest an album based on the last album for the other person to listen to uh last month uh or yeah last session or last podcast uh michael suggested for me to listen to dr dog right that was the album right it was
1: fate by dr dog fate
0: uh by dr dog and uh I suggested to Michael to listen to Mechanical Animals by Marilyn Manson. Right. And Fate by Dr. Dog had some had a track that reminded me so much of Roxy Music that I was like, you got to listen to Roxy Music's self-titled album, the first album. And Michael said, hey, I love your taste in music. Thank you so much for introducing me to Marilyn Manson Mechanical Animals. You know what you got to listen to is uh, Daughters. Uh,
1: you won't get what you want.
0: You won't get what you want, which I found out is kind of a, a reference to their uh, evolving style and their sort of uh, their want to to not have people define what Daughters is. Oh,
1: I didn't know that. Yeah. Where'd you pick that up?
0: Uh, on the little info page on Spotify. Oh. It's like they, they, uh, they apparently they recorded like a hundred songs and then picked ten.
1: I mean, they're crazy. They're like a really cool band. One of the best live shows I've ever seen. Um, and they kind of got, kind of got a little bit of, well, no, they don't have a little bit of something for everyone, but if you like, like grimy dirty (laughs) crusty I would say
0: they're very specific yeah I mean (laughs) I'd say most people would hear it and go "Uh." actually that happened to me a couple times where I I had it on and someone would get in my car and go what's this and then I would explain to them to the podcast what the podcast was and they would go oh that sucks you have to listen to this
1: really did you like it
0: I liked it yeah uh I would say uh so we'll dive in with Daughter's
1: Oh we'll start with daughter,
0: sure. Yeah. Uh so uh I, I liked it. I I will say I liked the I think there's two singers. No, just the one dude. Just the one dude. He does like a different voice. He sings two songs in a specific, like kind of more of a like a croonery like a ghost just walked in the room uh more of a croonery kind of like elvisy thing yeah like a lower kind of uh register bassy kind of voice and and i liked that style of his singing more than i did the kind of like that kind of like talk singing sure uh, what were those half what, shout Singing. what were those
1: two songs sex
0: city song and uh sex less sex less sex yeah uh which i which are are I, I think two of my favorite songs on on the album
1: oh those are kind of uh, those are the ones that are closest to the Marilyn Manson industrially kind of
0: oh yeah yeah i I dug it uh I thought um Let's see. Uh I I I took notes this time. I thought Less Sex was very like I thought that was very reminiscent of like say like Bauhaus, it mm-hmm. reminded me like Bella Lugosi's Dead or like that uh Massive Attack Angel song. It had that just kind of drive to it. Um uh that was I'd say Less Sex is is uh my favorite song on the album. And I think in a whole the album reminded me of uh, these two artist bands from the '70s, kind of post-punk scene, um, uh, one Glenn Bronca, Mm-mm. who was uh, sort of a uh, he would do these guitar symphonies. And actually, uh, we'll go into Glen Bronca when we get to track two. But uh, the other was this band called "This Heat." Uh, that was this avant-garde kind of noise rock band in the mid seventies. And, uh, I guess that's proto punk cause, uh, 76 was where I have this recording from. Uh, let me, uh, pick, let me show you a little bit what I'm talking about as far as the similarities here. Sure. Uh, first off, let's, let's listen to a second of this, uh, song, less sex. Uh, See, sorry, I don't have everything queued up. All right, here we go. Uh... The song, like it feels like it would be a great intro song to an HBO show. Right. Like, the new season of, uh, True Detective. Right? Yeah. Way down. It's just a a cool sounding song. But, alright, so here's this moment. uh, Cue it. I really dig this moment coming up. Alright, skip forward. This is kinda of close to the end of the song. So that that like key change with like yeah. the organ, like how that makes it a little bit more melodic and kind of breaks that tension this is this really cool moment. Um, all right now let me bring up this band and these two bands glen bronca and uh or that's the artist but uh in this heat that i'm talking about let me just say that their stuff's not on spotify
2: <laughs>
0: so oh, oh perfect this is queued up perfectly uh so this is this song fall of saigon by this heat this is from their Peel session Oh wait, that's not cued up. Perfect. This podcast is a mess. Mm. Let me. All right, so you get the vibe of the song, but all right. so it's this very repetitive kind of thing. You see the similarity, yeah, to almost instantly. And this is 1976, and mind you, like this is all analog. Song. Sure. I think there's some tape looping that they use in this. So we'll just listen to it. Again, this is This Heat, if you want to listen to This Heat.
2: That's sad. Search for it on YouTube. So
0: listen to this change here.
2: Yet the other half is naked, and sizzling in the fireball. We at the TV, we at the armchair, we at the telephone, we at the sofa phone. My god, we got so far, only to weeks so long. You're asking, say, for Janet's help.
0: So, yeah, I mean, like, that that nice little, like, organ key change there that, like, brings it from this place of, like, making a song out of the repetition in the loop and the kind of monotony of it and then breaking it with actually making, like, a melody out of it. Like, it's like that nice little moment that we get at the end of Less Sex.
1: I mean, that's something not so much on, like, the melodic side of things that I dig about this whole album is that every track besides... um... There's, like, one or two, like, just straight-up, like, rocky tunes, like, the Lord's song, but is that they all start off kind of small and then just grow into this, like, yeah. fucking crazy cacophony of, like, and insanity. And the guitar tone, like, everything on this just sounds like it was, like, pushed through a fucking meat grinder. Um And if you listen, did you get a chance to listen to any of their, like, earlier stuff or anything at all? No, no, I he, just stuck to the Listening album. to their progression like their first album is like 10 tracks and 11 minutes long it's just like this like insane grind corey album and that's when I, I saw them tour with the locust after their second album which was like a huge departure from the first album like in terms of bands like changing their sound like I, it's interesting you said that that you can't get what you want or you won't get what you want it was based off their sound because like their first album's like a fucking screaming, just insanity fucking album, and then their second one is like kind of in the same vein, but then you completely change the vocal style into more of that like I wanna I wanna I wanna I wanna sort of thing. Um And then this one is their most like grown up album, and it's like fifty minutes long. But I mean, if you're in the mood to like, it just feels devastating. The whole fucking album just feels really dark and yeah, awful. Yeah,
0: bleak. It's a very bleak sound. And that, that, that kind of, like, is what, where it got, like, a little bit of, uh, like, the feel of, like, a Bauhaus album. Yeah. like, such a bleak band. But, uh, uh, yeah, and I, I think that The Flammable Man and The Lord Song are, like, the two tracks that I basically, like, in my notes I wrote. With the flammable man, I wrote the most lo- locusty. Yeah, and then with the Lord song, I wrote diet flammable man. Throw throw on flammable man, th- okay. and
1: you can
2: see and this from
0: like from the get go. You-
2: yeah,
1: yeah. And this is a big thing that's in all their music is like
3: the...
2: The uh
1: dissonant, like, weird triad thingy-mahooza <laughs> that they do. It's funny, like, when I was looking at the thing,
0: the uh, uh little rundown, the Spotify rundown that they have. Uh, let me see if I can pop it up. Uh, it says, like, uh, right on it, it says, uh, The quartet... Alexis uh, Marshall vocals, Nick Sadler guitar, John Cyverson drums, and Sam Walker bass. It's like half of those tracks, I can't identify the bass. Really? Right. Like on that track, you can't, it's like below everything. It's just
2: going... Right. right.
0: Uh, but like on a lot of them, you can't really... But like, uh, yeah, there's some... There's some uh, a good moments where you can where it is very clear what's going on as far as how it's like, uh, it's the instrumentation on it goes. And what's interesting too, I I think this will like uh, brings us into one of the tracks pretty organically. Is like uh, so Flammable Man and Lord's the Lord song, are uh, um, two minutes long, both around two thirty, like that kind of length. Yeah. Uh, so their most played song on spotify do you have a guess is uh
1: satan in
0: the Wait. uh i have wait oh yeah yeah satan in the Wait. which is my favorite song on this album so uh yeah and satan in the Wait is seven minutes long and I would say this is really, like, the, the first time I'm like, all right, there's the bass. This is, like, one of, the, like, uh, let's hear it come in. Uh, and I, I, they do do a really interesting thing here where it has this, this, uh, distorted bass, just, like, this, like, kind of lead whiny guitar. Here it is, yeah very crunchy and very like like everyone's got like some sort of distortion pedal on their instrument and then it builds up to this moment uh and here's a good example of it uh, where it has this very clean like it's got like uh some some reverb on it but like uh very clean sounding almost like a mandolin sound it's either like you're playing the guitar pretty high up or this uh, different, yeah or maybe like a, a keyboard
1: yeah I'm not certain I I know that they're a big thing this band does is they try and create every sound with the four. Instruments on there, and they just have like crazy pedal board setups. Yeah, and shit. I could
0: see that being a guitar, definitely. Uh, but like, it's a very clean sound. Oh, like that is placed over this bed of distortion. Distortion, like it's it's louder than the distorted bass. It's louder than that like whiny guitar.
1: Yeah, they, I I think this album is really a kind of culmination for them because all of their past three albums were kind of characterized by the insanity of everything that's going on and like the mix was always super kind of muddy and fucking ugly Um, and I think they really took their time with this album in the studio or, or producing it and making sure like every sound has its place and is balanced really well the other thing I love about this album is lyrically Alexis who's always been like a cool dude and written some fucking gross stuff just some like in that song there's a line where it's like he's got a face that could suck that looks like it could suck concrete through a straw which is like (laughs) just cool to me and something that i've also recognized in our trading of music is that i tend to listen try and listen to music that's pretty cool like black leather jackets cool guy music um and learning and we'll get to the Roxy music stuff later that like there's like I would say Roxy music is not cool whoa I would say they're <laughs> not like cool guy music whoa and stuff like that uh, I, I would argue
0: that Roxy music is like the ultimate of cool almost cool. like like that like I don't know Brian Ferry like have you, did you see any pictures of him? No. He had like a mulledy pompadour.
1: It Brian Eno wasn't on that album at all. This Roxy Music album.
0: I thought that was the one he was on. Is it? I th- I think it is. I think he was only in the band for like a short period, and that being part of that.
1: Yeah. Well, let's let I, I'd like to dig into a couple old daughter's tracks just so you can hear the kind of evolution of the sound
0: can can i go over one more track sure i have this stuff queued up uh i want to talk about uh this this other i want to go back to this whole uh um glen bronca this heat kind of tangent so like let's listen to a second of their second track long road no turns (laughs) All right, now, that guitar, listen to this. So this is Glen Branca. Again, in '70, or this is 1980. This is from lesson number one. This is the second track on it, and it's like, there's no vocals on this. It's it's all it's like a guitar symphony. Who's famous for doing guitar symphony stuff? To me, there's, there's. I'm not saying like there's any rip-off or anything like that, but like they were listening to this. Sure, daughters like they know who Glenn Bronk is, and they they like I think a lot of it feels like they were actively looking the, at least the guitarist was actively looking for this sound.
1: Yeah. I think they're one of those bands that Which is cool. I mean, this isn't like no. a known thing. Like, right, it's not yeah. like
0: Dude, you're just ripping off Glenn Bronca.
1: Bronca. <laughs> now this is rad.
0: And, yeah, uh, It's like this album's 36 minutes long. Lesson number one. Uh Uh but yeah, uh you should definitely check this out and unfortunately may you have Apple Music. It's I not do. it's not on Spotify. It's, he, he has some stuff on Spotify. Not a ton of stuff. And uh yeah, but that that album is really great. Uh just like noise rock kind of avant-garde. Uh it's it's Almost classical, done with uh with a bunch of guitars and drums.
1: Um, yeah, it's kind of got like uh, some of the weirder Steve Reich stuff, and
0: yeah, it's like Phil uh, classy in a way. Yeah, too. yeah. Um, but yeah, you should check that out. Oh, one thing also, I want to point out that I really kind of appreciated that I, I thought was nice in this album is, um, uh, city song. Actually, let me. Ch- check out a moment of city song city song was a really cool song it's how they started oh, this one's
1: fucking yeah
0: the album and uh there's two moments in this song where the it drops out and it comes in harder and i think that this is like the epitome of that like the song just builds from nowhere kind of thing and like comes in hard so this is minute 10 into the song
1: minute 10?
0: That's where we're at right now.
2: Oh. Oh.
0: That double bass is really cool sounding. And then like, so it's like... Picking up that tempo. It's that... Driving double bass. Now, uh, if we go... Towards the end of the song... Four minutes, eight seconds of song. This is my favorite moment of this song. Now we're not even getting those gaps. It's just a constant like the bass on a sixteenth note. I think. And then one thing I, I thought was really cool is is if you go to the very end of this track uh you got Fires around,
2: the water sits still
0: it it has that like it, he's just saying things and it ends on a silent beat right and it it feels like it goes straight into the next song. Like that, that little bit there that we heard was the, the beginning f- of Long Road's No Turn.
1: Yeah, the first time I listened to this album, I was like, when the fuck is like this first song going to end?
0: Yeah. No, it has that feel. But then if you go to the end of Long Road's No Turn, it's a really long fade out that right. like, so it's not like one of those albums where everything runs into each other it they just had that feel for that first song it's a really epic way to start it and i thought that was really cool and i noticed that and i thought that was fun
1: yeah i mean they're cool and do like I, i i think this album this was on a lot of it was kind of divisive this was on a couple like people said it was like album of the year for last year and i unfortunately haven't had as much time to like listen to this album as i had the other two albums that we had talked about fate and the brand new album and then but just listening to this i think i'm recognizing that a big thing that i like seeing in bands is them change their sound every single album brand new being one of those bands as well and if we can listen to just like one song off their first album Oh, yeah. Um, and then maybe a, another off the second album. Uh, you can just kind of see where they went from, like... You can hear them, like... I,
0: mean, I, I have a, I have a band, and I have a, a album that I want to suggest to for next week, but you're really making me want to suggest Ween. Ween? Yeah, Ween, who are a band that, like, have no set style. Oh, the, yeah. Really, like, you know, like, they have a country album, and... From song to song.
1: I, I think it's less about having, like, no set style and more about, like, hearing, like, the evolution of a sound.
0: Oh, true. But, I mean, and I think Ween has that, uh, but I think they also, like, I think it's it's fun when a band's like, we're not, like, a genre, we're us. Right. Know? And, uh, yeah. I'm still going to suggest to you the album. I'm going to suggest to you when we get to that segment.
1: Um, but yeah, let's. This is a fun, fun. Go to their album Canada Songs, which is their first album. It is, ten tracks, eleven minutes long. There's not really any particular song I want you so to. So wait, listen to what, it.
0: what, um, what years
1: are these from? So this is from two thousand three. Canada Songs came out fifteen years ago. So
0: they're from. What I also found out is they're they're from Providence. Right. And uh, the other, other big band that I used to listen to that came from Providence at this same time was uh, Lightning Bolt.
2: Oh,
1: yeah. They're yeah. very similar kind of aesthetic uh, to their sound, at least at this time.
0: So there's no particular song? I mean, pick know?
1: a fun title. They've got fun ti- Fur Beach, Mike Morowitz, The Fantasy Fuck. Right. and then The Chuds came. Yeah. Is that a
0: Simpsons quote?
1: So, you can kind of hear, like, right here, this chuggy, dark stuff, and all the high. But the sounds completely become (laughs) different. All right, so that's enough of that.
0: You know, it's funny. As a friend of mine went to RISD at this time. I wonder if he knows them.
1: The daughters' guys. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I should ask Steve O that. And yeah, I know, named Steve O, not the one from Jackass.
1: Yeah, he's been he's sober too. Yeah, Steve O from Jackass. Yeah, Steve O, not from Jackass, not sober. But I think, yeah, a big thing, cool thing with Daughters is, like, they came out with that album, Canada Songs, and it was pretty successful in that they're signed to EpiCac, which I believe is Mike Patton's label. Oh. From uh, Faith, no, Moore, faith no More and Mr. Bungle. Um, I like Mike Patton. Mr. Bungle's cool. Yeah, and so they had this kind of grindcore-y, and grindcore is such, I'm sure anybody who, like, listens to, like, real metal would be like this not grindcore is like this or... <laughs> um but that's what we used to call it back in the day um and they like kind of put out a fucking killer 10 track grindy album and then we're like fuck that we don't want to do that anymore and then they came out with kind of the same music but just longer tracks with more of that like elvisy vocals and then now with this most recent album. so would that
0: be in hell songs
1: In Hell songs listen to like uh Recorded in a pyramid.
0: Okay. I saw uh, the locust once, and
1: you can hear your oh. bass in there.
0: Yeah. Uh, I saw the Locust once, and the, I was really excited to see them, and they played for 20 minutes. And I felt ripped off.
1: Really? What, when did you see them? 2003? So it would have been right after Plague Soundscape came out? 2002, maybe? I mean, they probably didn't have that many songs. They probably played you 30 songs in 20 minutes. Yeah.
0: No, I'm just saying, if you're if you're paying to see a band and you see them for 20 minutes, you feel right. ripped off.
1: <laughs> I saw... I saw cool. the Locust with daughters and cattle decapitation right after Locusts were touring on New Erections and Daughters were touring on Hell Songs, the album we were just listening to. And it was, like, the perfect metal, like, grind core i don't think there'll ever be a lineup like that again it was really fucking awesome oh i i'll tell you about
0: my my best concert experience uh that kind of fits in, into this and uh i went to go see uh have you ever heard, heard of a band called friends forever uh well do you remember do, I, I don't know how into lightning bolt you are
1: I liked uh, Hyper Magic Mountain. Okay. I
0: think it was around that time they had a, uh, a live, docu- like a tour documentary. Uh, and like shortly after that, this band Friends Forever came out. And maybe before. Maybe I'm wrong with some of these facts. I bet like when we release this, there's so many people that are going to be like, uh, wrong about so many stuff sure. we say. In <laughs> yeah. But it's our experience and our perspective on music. So it's right. It just is. No. Uh so no. This band Friends Forever came out with this uh with this tour documentary. And they were like similar to Lightning Bolt, but like more of a spectacle, less like of something you'd actually put on and listen to. Sure. Like and Foxy
1: Shazam or something.
0: I don't know what that means. Uh <laughs> uh But uh they and so they were like this like loud band and they uh they put out their own tour documentary and it was really funny because also the band uh the guys were just funny guys and it's these two guys and the uh they were tired of getting like complaints from uh venue bookers or having people fall fall through and things like that and having to play like all all these like shitty shows and so they would get booked on shows and then at the show hand out flyers and be like we're playing at the in the parking lot of the Kmart next door after the show come by and and see us sure and uh and it's a really funny movie and they the the two guys would uh, I th- one would have like a VW bus and they would play out of the VW bus and the other one had like a pickup truck, like a Toyota pickup truck. And so they would tour the country alone, but like with like a convoy kind of situation where their other pal was... Their other the bandmate was in a different vehicle and they both had a dog and they both travel with their dog. Really funny thing. So anyway, so the, the, the summer I like watched that movie like four times. Uh, I found out that Lightning Bolt and uh, Friends Forever and some other bands were playing at uh, uh, this club in Greenpoint. And, uh, so me and my friends were all psyched to go and see Lightning Bolt, but also see this band Friends Forever that we saw so much of. And sure enough, uh, Lightning Bolt, we we're, were playing the show and a ton of people came out to it. Just so many people. I remember it was above a donut shop in Greenpoint. And at one point I went downstairs in, into the donut shop to like grab water or something like that. And you could see the floor below where Lightning Bolt or above the fl- yeah the floor below where lightning bolt was playing the ceiling was just like buckling It it didn't look safe. Uh, (laughs) And basically, uh, when Lightning Bolt set up, I was, like, right there. And that was super fun because Lightning Bolt plays, like, on the floor. Right, in the middle
1: of this, wherever. Yeah. yeah.
0: And so, like, and when you're in a crowd, like, people are pushing. And there were moments where, uh, and the drummer from Lightning Bolt plays so fast. And there's moments where to, like, not completely fall into the drums, I had to put my hand down on the drum head to, like, brace myself for a second. But had to be so quick about it. Because I was to not get hit in the hand with a drumstick really hard. Uh, and that was super fun. And like at the end of that, I was like, I, I want to go see. The, I want to make sure I don't miss this band. So I rushed out. And like as I was rushing out, they started to play one more encore song. And I was like, ah, well, whatever. I'm already rushing out. So I went down. And it was the band was sitting there in this one block of uh, Williamsburg Greenpoint, like right next to McCarran Park. And, uh, it was just me and them. And I was like, uh, Hey, it was like awkward. Cause it's like, they're setting up. I'm just standing there. And I was like, so how do you think the show's going to go? And they're like, well, it seemed like there were a lot of people there. So like, maybe like 30 people will come out. So that would be like really cool. Like they were like psyched about 30 right. people coming to watch them in this block. Uh, 10 minutes later, the show got out and, it seemed like every single person from the show came down like, and so this block in Williamsburg Greenpoint filled with people like completely fit. Like it was like, like, uh, uh, a uh, A street fair like filled with people around this little vw bus and people were like sitting on top of the vw bus and people were like like climbing up into the fire escape to see what was going on and they started playing and people started shooting off fireworks (laughs) but not like straight up like over the crowd so they would like blow up like too low but looked awesome like wasn't safe but like looked very cool and uh like within like Within like five minutes, you could see the cops show up and they like, and then it took the cops 10 minutes to kind of figure out what to do. And, uh, and then you just see a cop go up to them and whisper something and then they go like, Hey guys, this is our last song. Uh, and if you guys like could do us a huge favor and leave like immediately after <laughs> this song, that'd be awesome because we'll get arrested. And, yeah, like, they played their last song, and then the crowd dispersed, and it was, like, one of the weirdest, coolest things I'd ever seen. Yeah. And they they only play for, like, 15 minutes anyway, so they played their whole set.
1: It's weird, because I I feel like I miss out on those things these days. I don't know if it's the social medias or what it is but like just cool fringy weird shit happening on the streets or maybe it's just yeah. a function of living in los angeles where.
0: i mean do you go to music shows much no i mean maybe if you went to more yeah you'd see more like there's bands doing cool stuff you spend Far- all your time going to comedy shows i know i don't even nothing go to cool happens at like. comedy shows. yeah comedy
1: shows are fucking lame in uh, la yeah print it <laughs> um fart barf was fun saw fart barf oh yeah you. that yeah. was fun fart barf yeah They're i mean cool.
0: again yeah cool weird band doing yeah. cool things uh well let's move on to uh, roxy music the Second half have this podcast roxy music
1: oh what's your what's your suggestion do, do you not want to do them together we'll do it at the end that's we'll fine. do it at the end yeah all right roxy music so uh sam suggested this album to me, I did not take notes this time around. Um, oh, and I did. I know we'll we'll figure it out. Um, I had a pretty good reaction to this bad boy. It's I'm realizing through doing this podcast, there's entire sections of music that I just never explored or listened to, or like ever had any inclination to, and it's hard. It's kind of hard for me to get into this kind of stuff, um, just because. I don't know specifically what it is, but like there's not a lot of mood setting in this kind of music. Like
0: that seems insane to me. What do you mean? Well, I mean, like, all right, let's listen to like the intro to, to Lady Tron for a second.
1: Well, Lady Tron is one of the Ladytrons of the three that I felt differently about that I thought were kind of good. Movie do you
0: know do you too. know what genre this f- falls under what scene it's they glam record? right yeah glam rock
1: yeah so like their
0: peers are like David Bowie and like T-Rex
1: this like came Mark out Boyle. two weeks after the rise and fall of Ziggy Stardust
0: Like how, Like this is mood setting, man. Like, right? Is, and like this song is not like a long, like noisy song. This this is just building up to this one moment. This is a poppy, fun song. They, there's a performance of this on, um, what's that? Old grey whistle test. Uh, it's like a old like British like. Oh yeah. Kind of like here are the cool bands, uh, and uh, it's fucking it's
1: cool. Like you to see them the I I liked this tune, and then I liked most of the half second half of the album. Wait, what's us look. the bass. There, you come
0: in. Get
2: me down, get me down. Lady, if
0: you, you gotta love that like love percussion love thing. The like cracker. Yeah. Ah, so fun. And then when it breaks into like the like weird keyboard whistly
3: part.
0: It makes me want to dance like a Muppet. (laughs) Now listen. Yeah.
1: I, I think that's a good way to typify the music is it makes you want to dance like, a like I, a lot of it sounds like kind of goofy to me, which isn't a judgment on it, but it's just kind of like, I think a lot of, and I started listening to the talking heads recently too. And I think it's kind of got a similar vibe where it's like, I, and that's what I mean when I say it doesn't sound cool to me. And I think cool is overrated. Like I've recently realized like the strokes fucking suck. <laughs> Like, like, uh, like the strokes and Motley Crue. Like, the strokes are Motley Crue for 2000. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, Motley Crue was this band. Kinda. Motley Crue was this band that was so into like this machismo and like being like fucking sex and cool and awesome and stuff. I did. I watched some (laughs) of the dirt. And it's like, oh, that's the fucking lamest thing in the world to me is like people being like, oh, yeah, look how fucking cool and listen to our music and sammy hangar i can't drive 50 like the i can't drive 55 we talked yeah, about yeah. this song before um it's fucking just super lame to me and the strokes which are a quote unquote cool band is like the same thing it's like you're not that there's no way you're like there's no vulnerability in any of that music uh the strokes or um creative vulnerability and Molly Crew or like lyrical vulnerability either. I think there's like a certain level of vulnerability in this glam music where it's like it's not like it's not like Led Zeppelin or whatever the fuck else was coming out at the same time, which was kind of also like cock rocky and stuff like they were taking risks throughout the music and doing like weird shit. I mean, my favorite part, my the thing I love most about this album is the... Instrumentation and like the layers and the risks and all the weird like it's really impeccably mixed, but it's just fucking cool, like the horn section and doing stuff that is a little more
0: yeah. One thing I love about this period of music, like and and I love I love the moments in music where it falls between the cracks of like the major kind of uh, the major movements. I, I love the like the, the you know proto punk, the the post punk, you know where it's less about being a thing and more about like, like that thing that like gets us to the thing that you can define is, is the thing that really excites me. And, and one of the things I love about this is, uh, is, and I love about like glam rock and like when, like, I love about like David Bowie and I love about like, t-rex is like how rooted in rock and roll they are and how rooted in like like some of this stuff sounds like like a 50s rock song rock and roll not yeah rock and roll song but like dressed up like uh it feels like like hey let's like make a rock and roll song but let's make it like sound interesting and weird and and do things that like that aren't you know, and I think, yeah, this speaks to your Like, that aren't that, like, you know, black leather jacket You know, that, that are kind of, like, have this, like, art side to it And that, yeah. like, fun, like, Andy Warhol pop to it, you know
1: Yeah, I think there's I think I had a reaction to this album That I think a lot of squares or older people Similarly had when it came out We're like, I I didn't want to give it a chance because I was like, yeah, but the more I listened to it, the more I thought it was cool. I think, I mean, every every single track for the most part has like a specifically like cool moment to it. I love the sax. I think it is on the first track. That's just like insane and going like all over this place.
0: Yeah, it is kind of like it is kind of like that. It is like like the saxophone i think is very interesting instrument because like when i was like a little kid and didn't really listen to music i thought the saxophone was a cool instrument I was like that's cool. Right. And then when I started listening to music, I started listening to like grunge and stuff like that. And that idea of cool seemed so lame to me. That was like dad cool. That was like the cool like like if Garfield needed to be cool in a cartoon, he would have a saxophone and a leather jacket. Right. And that's and I'm into flannel and fucking distorted guitar. Uh and yeah uh, and this is one of those albums that, like, when I started like getting into more artsy stuff, I started to realize that, like, oh, like, the saxophone is a cool instrument and has such an interesting sound. Uh, and that way that they used it in rock and roll was like this. It's not inherently cheesy. Like there is something really like fun about that. Uh, and it's funny like I think around the time that I was listening to this uh, I started listening or like it was a time in New York where I was like friends with people and uh, uh that were in bands and I remember a friend of mine uh, my friends were in this band called the Epochs and the Epochs released an EP and on one of the tracks on their EP, they had uh, Chris... Uh, what was Chris's last name? It's Chris, the blonde Chris from Grizzly Bear, recorded... Um, I feel bad, I'm forgetting his last name. But uh, Chris Taylor, I think, uh, recorded a saxophone track on their their EP for one of their songs. And I thought it, it's like... Because I was getting into this, that was, like, the coolest, most exciting thing to me. And it was kind of that, like, oh, like, haven't you had that where you're, like, you used to think something was lame? Like, you used to be, like, oh, the Beatles are lame. And then all of a sudden, someone you respected was, like, no, the Beatles are cool. And you're, like, wait a second. The Beatles are cool.
1: Yeah, I've experienced that a lot with, I mean, in our conversation, Sam but not more i'm I'm pretty ambivalent or like open to all music it's just mostly like being like like this all the th- albums you've sent me besides the Marilyn Manson one which i genuinely was not a huge fan of uh, for the most part but the Neil Young one and this i typically listen to as like background music you know it's it's never something that i've act- like used active listening for because i think a, a as a product of, like, the production at the time, like, the production's a lot less dynamic um, than stuff I typically listen to. Like, I mean, going back to uh, listening to that Newfound Glory album, which was, like, the first album I ever really listened to and stuff, like, that's a product of, like, production these days where, like, everything is, like, super dynamic and up and down, and this daughter's album is super dynamic and stuff like that. And it all sounds kind of samey to the ear, but when you like dig in and listen to it um i i think it becomes a little bit more like interesting for me and um yeah there's some groovy tunes on this and i uh, and some like in interesting choices throughout i i'm curious to know if brian eno is on this album because there's some cool little ambient electronic like opening tracks. Uh, throughout it, I think Two HB is one of them.
0: Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure he was. He at least produced it. That's what I'm looking at. Uh, and I'm
1: a I'm a huge Brian Eno guy, um, mostly on his ambient stuff. I haven't yeah listened yeah he was to, on this. Listen to much. played
0: the V VCS3 synthesizer and tape effects. Uh, do you want to hear a little quick uh, Wikipedia blurb about this? Sure. Uh, the opening track. Uh, Remake Remodel has been labeled as postmodernist pastiche, featuring solos by each member of the band echoing various touchstones of Western music, including the Beatles, the Beatles Day Tripper, Dwayne Eddy's version of Peter Gunn and Wagner's Ride of the Valkyries. The esoteric CP3, uh, CPL 593H was supposedly the license number of a car spotted by Brian Ferry that was driven by a beautiful woman. That's really funny <laughs> and kind of creepy. Uh, Brian Eno produced some self-styled lunacy when Ferry asked him for a sound like the moon for the track Lady Tron. So yeah. that would be that intro, uh, I, th- I imagine. If there's something was covered by David Bowie's tin machine and was later featured quite extensively, almost as a central figure in the British film Flashbacks of a Fool. Oh, 2HB, this is uh, something interesting, is uh, uh, Brian Ferry's tribute to Humphrey Bogart. Huh. Uh, And quoted, here's looking at you, kid.
1: Uh, Oh, yeah.
0: To Humphrey Bogart.
1: That. Let's listen to that one. That's one of my Uh, favorites. Which
0: is also, uh, I don't know if you know the movie uh, Velvet Goldmine.
1: Yeah, great movie.
0: Uh and the on the soundtrack, uh, it was uh with Johnny Greenwood, did a lot of covers of glam rock songs. Or maybe this was the only one, but he did this cover.
1: Oh, yeah. There's also Brian Molko from Placebo does a couple tunes.
0: So this this song I remember hearing this at, around the time that I was listening that I was big into Radiohead and being like, Oh. This is what Radiohead does with the drums. Yeah. This like little like clap back like It's funny that like you're a big Radiohead fan. Um. Yeah. I. Oh, I guess not.
1: I. I mean, I. <laughs> I Radiohead's another one of those bands that I used to love, 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 and now I still dig. I mean, I still think Kid A is a great album. I think OK Computer is a great album. Um, I like. And then I like. What's the other one uh, that came out right after Kid A? Uh, amnesiac amnesiac those are the three that i will go back to regularly not even okay computer I, I mostly listen to kid a and amnesiac yeah i think um in rainbows is like a fun album and stuff i didn't really listen to a know no the bends um never listened to the bends i mean i've listened to it like once but never dug in
0: that's surprising i yeah. feel like like the bends is like uh do you listen to the
3: beatles at all i do
0: the Benz is, like, uh, like you know that period where Beatles made, like, Beatles for Sale and, like, uh, uh, like uh, Rubber Soul? Like, yeah. That, like, they're still kind of making those, like, pop, those, like, British pop songs, but they're just a little bit more interesting. They're laying the groundwork with what's about to come. That's what The Benz is. It's, like, all those songs that, like, it, they're still, like, on the heels of that, like, whole grunge rock thing that they were doing in Pablo Honey, and but they're, like, figuring out that they're there's something more than that.
1: I mean, yeah, I'll have to check that out. I, I, I actually have weird feelings about OK Computer, and it might just be because OK Computer has been heralded as this, like, masterpiece album that, like, changes the game and stuff like that, but over time, I just, when I... When I listen to Radiohead, I want to listen to Kid A or Amnesiac.
0: Yeah, I get that. I think ultimately, I mean, like, I think the thing that for me with uh, OK Computer that, like, keeps that one going is, like, I think pretty consistently my, like, if you asked me what my favorite Radiohead song was, it would be Paranoid Android. Really? I think it's just, like, such a different song than anything else.
1: That they've done. Or just in general. In general, I yeah. mean,
0: like it's it's. I think it's in a way it's their stairway to heaven, which it's, is also yeah. a stairway to heaven on three or four. It's like a. I think it's on four, but like yeah, it's on their third album. It's around that same period of their their them being a band.
1: Yeah, Paranoid Android's a great song. Exit music. I mean, that album is great. I I can't think of a bad track on it. I even like. um fit or happier i think Fitter, happier is like a fun cool little thing they did um airbags i mean the whole album's great
0: okay let me uh let me cue up a little moment here uh this is a another fun song that gets me jazzed but uh really one of my favorite moments on this album with this song the song is uh virginia plane Another thing I'll say about this is, like, one of the fun things about this is, like, one of the things, not, like, fun is the word. I guess this goes with, like, Talking Heads, too. It's, like, there is that, there is a goofy facade to both these bands. Right. There is a very, like, cheery facade, but the the undercurrent of the music is, is a lot there's a lot more that you can dig into than that, like, just goofiness of, like, oh, he just sang that in such a goofy way. Right. Uh, and, yeah, it, it, this is, like, a goofy song I can listen to over and over again. And uh, they're, the moment that they have in the bridge of this song is, like, one of my favorite things.
1: Is it? That- it's a little vocal moment, right? Cause I, it's
0: a keyboard moment. Wait, hold on. I'm going to skip forward to it. But I didn't record the time
3: code. Oh, yeah. Here it
0: is.
1: Yeah, I
2: like this a lot.
0: It's nice. It's like it's energetic. Um, but yeah, I, I I love the things that they bring into this. I love like some of the songs have like just like, a, uh, one of the songs has like just like a country intro,
1: which is um, uh, that was, is it, if there is something? Yeah, I think that's the one. That's the one where I listened to it and was like, oh, this is where you get the doctor dog. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, it,
0: it's that. It is that the drums on this track. I can actually play it. We don't have to listen to it through your phone.
1: Oh, whoops! <laughs> I I thought I was coming through the headphones. <laughs>
0: That's better for the people at home.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is directly. I was like, oh, this is what. A little bit of that two HB drum kind yeah.
2: of feel.
0: <laughs> yeah. And that Doctor Dog song had saxophone. Did it? Pretty sure. uh <laughs> Yeah and here let's get a little bit of remake remodel that uh I love the postmodernist pastiche of western music or whatever it was I right suppose. yeah it's <laughs> a fun but uh Weird and rocking at the same time. I thought our albums went together kind of nicely. Yeah. Um, like, we're getting closer to the same album.
1: Right, and that might be the fun thing. Oh, that's when we restart. Yeah, we'll have to restart when we all of a sudden suggest the same album to each other. Um, yeah, I think I think a cool thing about this album, then, in contrast to the daughter's album, is like the daughter's album love it but it's very samey tonally the whole way through it's like this fucking dark intense yeah but this album i mean there's a lot of left turns in it i think a big thing that kind of disappointed me which again isn't like a value judgment is there's so many cool moments that they switch over to something else and i'm like fuck i wanted to hear it's like more of that the the
0: rosanna effect uh, you know, Toto's, Toto's song Rosanna. Rosanna. Yeah, Rosanna. Yeah. The uh I think the I think that the pre chorus to that, the um do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. That- Rosanna! Right- right before the- §§ yeah. She takes me all the way ah did it is like such a cool part. That part for me is an A+. Plus, right. And we get it for two bars. Right. We get it for two bars and then it goes into the chorus, the She takes me all the way banana which is such like a different like we we lose all that momentum and that's the thing that frustrates me about that song.
1: Yeah, I I see that like I think what I'm assuming is all the Brian Eno, like, ambient, kind of atmospheric, ethereal moments in this album. I love those. And I like the, what's the other guy's name? Brian, Brian Ferry. Brian Ferry, like, rock and roll-y, toony stuff in this. But I just want to hear, like, a full track of just, like, I mean, and it happens a couple times. To- I think is it the Bob medley let's go through the beginning of, i mean it's basically the beginning of every track it's like cool and fun for me um and then chance meeting is disappointing too cuz it builds up to something and then doesn't pay off i you see i like i like this collaboration sure i
0: like things that that come from that couldn't be created by one person and uh i think it's it's fun these two things intersecting and I think it's also fun that like yeah Brian Eno you know, wasn't in the band long and like there's a small sample of like this version of Roxy Music
1: This is cool. Your your I the the second half of this album is more effective for me. This way, for me the big tracks
0: are yeah, I'm, I'm much more of a first half first half on this yeah like it's really like I think I really love track for track like remake remodel lady Tron if there's something Virginia Plain, 2hB the Bob Medley like
2: but
0: I think it, it's i'm just i really like this album
1: i hear more influence on the second album or the second half of the album like on like modern indie music i like uh like this is a cool little moment right here
0: yeah part of it for me is like there there isn't Like, it's not, like, you can see how this is in the same scene as, like, David Bowie and how this is, like, a similar album to, like, Ziggy Stardust. Sure. But it's not, it isn't. It's, like, completely unique from that. And that album, in the same way, I feel like, feels completely unique. And I love albums like that.
1: Like, this is cool as fuck. Sounds like a... Yeah. That? It's kind of uh klezmery. <laughs> um and then the next track is The Chance Meeting is really pretty. And reminds me of like some blonde redhead stuff. I and the Beatles.
0: But, yeah, I mean, like, I think, again, like, with David Bowie and this, like, they're great because, like, the Beatles were already a band. Sure. The Beatles already made a bunch of music that was, like, I think people, especially at this time, were like, yeah, that was great music. And I think people that were like, hey, let's make more Beatles music were like the Bee Gees who like just like pretty much straight up did Beatles music until they started making disco. Right. And uh, I think what was great was the evolution from the Beatles to David Bowie and to Roxy music where they took that idea of pop and then brought in the avant-garde.
1: Yeah this is like gothic and not in the sense of like goth music but like And you can kind of hear, like, some of those Daughters tunes in this, too. In this track in particular.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, and, like, those, like... Again, this was, what, 1972? This, again, like, we were playing This Heat, and that was 76, and uh, Glen Bronca, which was 80... I'm sure they were big fans of Brian Eno and the production work that he did, and uh, yeah,
1: yeah, they're probably saying to Glenn Branca, "You're just ripping off Eno, <laughs> doing like an Eno
0: thing here, huh?" <laughs> uh,
1: All right, cool. Oh uh, yeah, I think that's. Uh, we well, this has been a long one.
0: Yeah. Uh, what what do, you, what do you? What's your number grade one on one? But between one and five hundred thousand.
1: One and let's do one and ten.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nope, one five hundred thousand. Figure
1: out the math. <laughs> Between one and five hundred thousand on this one. Yeah. Um. I'll probably give it a four thousand. Oh wait, five hundred thousand. A four hundred twenty-five thousand.
0: Okay. All right. I did pretty good there. How about doing mine? Yeah. Four. Four. Yeah, I gave the daughters four.
1: Out of five hundred thousand?
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh they get a four. No, uh uh my final thoughts on Daughters was really like the track, really like the uh really like the the songs, really like the mood. Uh the vocals was my big like cons. Thing. Really? Was like uh on and I liked the more like bassy kind of like uh the on the city song or what was it, Sex... Less sex. less sex less sex and sucks. city song the other vocals it was just that kind of like you know <laughs> da, 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 da 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 i'm singing my song i'm just saying whatever i'm saying i'm saying it and i'm saying it and, and blood and
1: blood and
0: blood
1: so out of 500,000 Okay.
0: (laughs) Uh, No, no, yeah, it was fun, it was dark Uh, And so let's get into suggestions And part of the thing, I thought, like, that Daughters album was a great nighttime driving album And because of that, I am going to suggest to you the album Portishead 3rd Which I think is a very good, bleak, dark, you know, put-it-on-when-you're-driving-around-at-night album
1: It's great it's Portis, that's
0: their third album. They came out with it not in, too too long ago. I think it was 2010.
1: 2008.
0: 2008. Eleven okay. years
1: ago. I remember when it came out.
2: Yeah.
1: I, and I I probably listened to it like once. I listened to their I have their self titled on vinyl. Yeah. Um, and I like Portershead, so that'll be good. I had a tough time finding something for you with this.
0: Just nothing, nothing just came to you?
1: I mean, the one thing that came to me was, um, Broken Social Scene.
0: Okay. I've, this is a name I've heard, but have rolled my eyes at for 15 years, I the feel The name. Like. <laughs> like, yeah, seeing it in, in magazines and, and being like, oh, I bet that band
1: fucking sucks. Oh, well, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't think there's too much, I think stylistically, they approach it from a very similar way, um, where it's just a lot of instrumentation and pretty eclectic across the board, a bunch of different songs and stuff like that. I'm a bit torn because I think it sounds more like their self-titled album, production-wise, but okay. I think their first album is better, so I'm going to suggest that one. The
0: first album, Broken uh, you, Social Scene, the first album. Okay. It's
1: called uh, You Forgotten People.
0: All right, cool.
1: And it's a good one. Uh, a, I think I think you'll dig it. I hope you dig it. I'll, I'll be kind of... How
0: long have we been going?
1: Almost two hours.
0: Almost two, so let's just skip the new song thing, right? No,
1: mine my, my d- right. does not matter. If, any, if anyone's still here All after right. yeah, I guess, yeah. two hours, then they'll okay. stay for two hours and 15 minutes.
0: So the song I want to check out is... Maybe I'll cut out your bathroom break. Yeah. If you're hearing me say this and you didn't hear a bathroom break earlier... It's because I cut it out. Uh, all right. Uh, so the song, I, the new music, I mentioned it earlier. Uh, Chemical Brothers came out with a new album. Uh, it's a band I listened to for a long time. The new album's called No Geography. And uh, I checked out what the most listened to track on it was. And it was the self-titled track, No Geography. Ooh, so.
1: I heard... But well, I heard another tune on this That I liked a lot But I'm excited to hear this one Okay If you ever change your mind
0: About leaving it all behind Remember
1: Remember Oh there's a new Modest Mouse remember. song too We should listen to it. Two songs? If you
0: ever change your mind About leaving it all behind Remember Remember
2: no geography. Me. You and me. Him and her.
0: They're and playing later this month.
1: Have you and ever seen them live? And no. Me too. Incredible live. I'll take you on. I might go. I'll Greek. Take you up the street. How much are tickets? We can talk about it later. Yeah. But they're great live. Incredible. Take you they got a really cool setup.
0: We could even go behind the Greek for free. Just stand there. Yeah, you can... Like, there's a way, a path where you can go where you can get behind where the, uh, the wall and just watch the show from behind the wall.
1: Oh, this is weird for them.
0: You gotta keep in mind that all these, you know, electronic bands from the 90s have been just making millions of dollars off of playing EDM festivals for the last,
1: you know, 30, 20 years. Yeah, but this is kind of like down-tempo for them and a little poppier.
0: Yeah, no, it definitely feels poppy. But if you listen to some of their albums like... uh Pushed the button, definitely had some poppy moments.
1: This is very, like, edm for them. Like, yeah. Which I don't... I like deadmau Mouse. I'll just say it out here.
0: I bet it's fun to watch them play this at a concert with a crowd of people going, Oh. Woo! When the beat drops in.
2: that that, that was the
1: end of the track um (laughs) cool i think we should do one more one more um but i dig it i mean i i think chemical brothers that not really much they can do that is gonna like turn me off on them um there's new mountain goats there's new modest mouse and there's new schoolboy q we've yet to do any hip-hop on this and you don't really listen to a lot of new hip-hop do you uh i mean not really yeah let's check out that uh Schoolboy Q Q? put out a new album that I I haven't heard any of it. Is Uh, Schoolboy
0: Q the guy that did the the Aqua Teen Hunger Force?
1: No. Who is that? I don't know. Uh, Schoolboy Q, you know who Kendrick Lamar is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, Schoolboy Q and Kendrick Lamar and a bunch of other folks kind of came up together. They were part of like a super group. Oh, cool. Um, He's done a couple big tracks and stuff, but he's kind of, in my opinion, like a good mix between like uh, good, like West Coast, old school West Coast rap, and but has like a modern flavor to it. I've heard a lot of good things about his num- this his new album.
0: His uh, most album or song with the most listens is Num Num
1: Juice. Num Num Juice, that's an old track,
0: the, yeah, yeah, it's the one with the most listens. Um, a lot of times, the one with the most listens is an old track. Oh, wait, no, this is a new track, Num Num Juice, play it. Oh no Oh Oh okay yeah.
3: Two door coupe Hopping out like Jack in the box Nigga I'm gonna shoot If this 30's all that I got Nigga time's up Got my coins up My bars up Soon we find them. We gon' slide them, We line up, Straight reclined them, Pistol grip I got them kinds of I'm not your driver Shot hitting, He won't answer I'm throwing ganja So much work They call me old school I remind you That what you think You got is not true Where you find them She a kickstander Bitch Saying in Because you know It's summer yet that's bitch You a bitch boy You're my mama
0: I like that Have they okay, go to the minor bitch,
3: Got a plan. We gonna kill this man The gun won't jam it's on on side. I get life It's all my life The 4-4-5. The green light the build that price the build nice The guy won't die. Track. Hey. Two all coop hopping now like Jack the Box, nigga. I'm gon' shoot if this thirties all that I got, nigga. Y'all on mute, ain't no back talk on my block, nigga. Num num juice to the hair, fuck up the ops, nigga. Two dog coop. hopping out like checkin' the Box, nigga. I'm gon' shoot if this thirties all that I got, nigga. Y'all on mute, ain't no back talk on my block, nigga. Num num juice to the hair, fuck up the ops, nigga. Crash talk, take two. Bitch transfusion. That was
1: fun. Yeah. I don't know. It's a good track. Uh
0: good vibe. I liked how uh yeah, I liked how it went down at that one part, gave it a good feel. Uh it was I feel like one of the good things it did, it was like too short to be repetitive.
1: Yeah, it it feels like um kinda like an early two thousands mixtape mixtape track. Yeah. Um, and I think if, as someone who doesn't listen to school boy Q, uh, I, I think it's nice to hear him kind of like sound alive and stuff and really like, you know, flowing on And It's got a, the beat kind of has a trap flavor to it and which is the super popular rap genre these days, which I'm a fan of. I know way I just said that it makes sound like I'm not. Um, but I think a big thing with like the trap beat and music is like kind of lazy flows on top of it which again isn't necessarily a bad thing but it's kind of nice to hear some energy from schoolboy q there yeah. so remember the streets the streets i was just listening to the streets recently garage yeah yeah that was like he just came out with a new album overly
0: lazy like aggressively lazy, where <laughs> it's like
1: i'm not even rapping i'm like <laughs> talking kind of part of this thing and maybe perhaps you could
0: yeah.
1: N- <laughs>
0: <Hey>? <laughs> How long does it take him to write a song? <laughs>
1: um I mean like the break between the last album and the new one is like ten years. <laughs> and like the new the new album's not that great. Yeah, I
0: bet he put it off for a long time and they're like, "Hey, you need that new album in today." It's been 10 years and he's like, "Oh, okay. Uh I was walking to the store and I said uh, hello to the man at the store and he was like, "What's your purchase today?"
1: Can we talk about most white rappers have zero longevity?
0: Yeah. I mean Eminem. Mm. He doesn't have no longevity.
1: I mean no, I don't. Th- I think his last like five albums have been trash, totally terrible, bad, not no good, very bad. Even like the comeback Kamikaze album was like
0: annoying. I mean, I I'm not a big Eminem fan, so yeah. Uh, I just mean that like Kamikaze got a lot of play, and a little, I th- thought it got a a lot of, widely noticed.
1: Um, it got no, I mean, I think it got, it got a lot of coverage. Cause like, I don't know. He's still saying like, oh yeah. Shit. And like at one point it was like, I don't know times have changed. I don't know. I don't care for Eminem. I don't even yeah. listening to like, I still think Kim's a great song. Um, and a lot of those for album songs on the yeah. first two albums are pretty good, but Eh, I'm over the Eminem shtick. Like, what are you so angry about? I don't know. Your child. I mean,
0: has I feel like here's the thing is I feel like has there been has there been a a white rapper who that's like not a shtick like Eminem I feel like maybe was like the closest but still it's like this guy's white and he's rapping and
1: where they're... their stick is that they're white yeah um
0: if like, like so much so part of their identity so such a big part uh, of
1: it action bronson doesn't really lean on it okay.
0: yeah um and then uh uh what's his name uh run the jewels uh lp yeah OP. like that i think those people like those are like people who are like like it's it's not a it's like a secondary you kind of forget about it yeah which i think it's like that's and i think you know that's cage probably
1: cage did it for a while and then cage kind of fell off and fell into the same thing no cage did talk about being a white guy rapper for do you ever listen to cage no he he was a guy who sounded a lot like Eminem, and then when Eminem came out, Cage was like, you stole my style. Mm. And now he writes emo rap, and it's really cringy. If if we want to, we should do a, we should do an episode where we just play music we hate. Yeah. Like, genuinely, that we hate, just just hate-listen to stuff. Listen Maybe to, that's what the podcast should be.
0: Listen to Don't Stop Believin' on repeat.
1: Yeah, do you hate that song? Yeah. Really?
0: yeah i genuinely really like
1: cuz the cuz of the music or cuz of the place it holds
0: uh a little bit of both i think it's a, like a bad song that got very popular and uh it like that only amplified how bad of a song it was yeah um you know it got it got so popular that that second life that that song had was insane
1: what was it what caused the second life
0: Uh, I think partly the Sopranos is the last song of the Sopranos. And then it became like this kind of like a big karaoke song Uh, and just like a kind of like fun, ironic song. And then I think maybe like Glee might have also and someone might have covered it around that time. And there became this kind of second life to it where it was like. It went from being ironic to being, like, a sincerely, like, big song, and, uh, yeah, just, I, just, not a good song. Hmm. American Pie, also not a good song. Really? Yeah, this thing's, like, nine minutes long or something like that.
1: Yeah. Maybe we should do that. (laughs)
0: Uh, we'll talk about it. We'll talk
1: about it. No, we'll talk about it on the air. Um, all right. I, we've been here for
0: two hours. Two Is hours? still listening to us? I mean, it's probably <coughs> my mom. Uh, hopefully
1: we'll have Connor back next time to fill in the...
0: Yeah, well, we listen to New Order. I listen to New Order.
1: Oh, yeah. Fucking, yeah. Well, hopefully we'll Move, get... Movement. Kate, Connie. Connie back in the fold and... Yeah. All right. Well, this uh, was I Hate Your Music. I Hate
0: Your Music. Uh, all right, to all our
1: listeners, I love you. Sponsored by Squarespace. Squarespace. All right. Bye. Bye. All right.